You're listening to the DNB Supply Show podcast, your number one resource for living the country lifestyle. This is your host, Matt Breckwald, coming to you from my place in the country to yours. Hey, everybody, thanks for coming back to the DNB Supply Show podcast. Really happy to have you here. Well, you know, we have the PBR come through here in our local area uh, once a year in Nampa at the Ford Idaho Center. And so they were coming through here this fall, and we took the opportunity to be able to get on the phone with Matt West, the announcer for the PBR, and learn a little bit more about this event and this tour of these great bull riding cowboys. So we've got all of that for you here. Uh, A nice education on what the PBR is, how it works, how they compete, where these cowboys come from, how they take care of the animals, and everything involved with professional bull riding. Hope you enjoy the show. Joining me today is Matt West, and Matt is an Oklahoma native as well as the announcer for the Professional Bull Riders, the Pro Rodeo Cowboys Association, and RFD-TV's The American Rodeo that takes place in Fort Worth every year, and the host of Road to the Horse that takes place in Lexington, Kentucky this March. Matt, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for coming on today. Man, thanks for having me, Matt. First of all, that resume like sounds way more distinguished and way more uh, important than I actually am, <laughs> so... I'm just lucky to fall into some really cool places. Well, you know, I think they say luck is when opportunity meets preparation. So I'll take that from you. But uh, yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll take it. <laughs> that is a cool introduction and you're doing a lot of really neat things. And of course, uh, you being an announcer for or the announcer for the professional bull riders is why we're talking today. Yeah. You know what? Nampa has become one of our favorite stops. It's just it, there's good people there, man. You know. I grew up in a town in Oklahoma of 300 people, a very rural agriculture background, grew up, you know, around, we had horses and cattle my entire life. I raised show pigs for years. And I feel like those are the kind of people that truly understand and appreciate what these athletes, now that I work with every week, they, they really understand what these guys do and the enormity of the sport. With that, we have tried to do everything we possibly can to add every kind of element that will entertain all walks of life. So, but at the end of the day, we come back to what I say is quote unquote, our kind of people. And I feel like, you know, that whole Nampa, Boise, Idaho area there are are just good, good people. And let's be honest, they're fun fans. We have a great time there. The fans that come out to watch the 35 best bull riders in the world, they're rampant. They're ready to go. They're ready for a good time. So fun well i i've been to the pbr several times and you guys have got it down to a science but you know how to get a crowd fired up no question about that that's the thing it's easy when and i always tell everybody they ask me what i do or anything like that and i just say you know what i'm a fan first i'm i am the biggest bull riding fan in every arena i go to and i've always said that you know when i go to the american where the dallas cowboys play i'm the biggest rodeo fan there that day so it's easy for me to sit in the front row and be able to just talk about something that i really truly enjoy and uh getting to work for the pbr is no different because I'll be honest, 10 years ago, I was buying a ticket to sit in the stands and watch guys that were my heroes. And now I'm lucky enough that I get to work with a lot of those guys every single week. And so, you know, there's a little bit of storytelling. There's a whole lot of entertainment and just having fun, making the fans be part of the action. But at the end of the day, it's the original extreme sport. So it's hard not to enjoy it, man. 
that is great that you get to do that for a living and and get to watch that and to be around world-class athletes like that on a weekly basis i mean i'm sure that's that's humbling to see what uh, some of these men can do out there in the arena it is especially when i realize that they're about half my size (laughs) and about five times tougher than i am you know most of these guys we're dealing with 130 140 pounds 150 pounds and they're getting on 1700 pound animal athletes it's uh it's incredible, and I get this weird feeling every weekend that you know I watched it my whole life, and I still every weekend get this kind of excitement being there in person and seeing it in person no matter – and I know everybody's got a sales pitch, and this is not a sales pitch. This is just truth. It is impossible to get a grasp on it just watching it on TV. You, you totally miss the energy. You totally miss the – you know, the enormity if you're not there. Yeah, absolutely. There's something about, you know, when, when there's that, when there's thousands of people watching it and you're watching somebody basically grapple with this huge animal, there's some electricity that goes through the crowd that you're not going to feel if you're watching it on the television. Well, and you realize just what a dangerous sport it is and that, you know, these guys, unfortunately, can be injured at any time. And it's just like, you watch a NASCAR race, and those guys are going, uh, you know, over 100 miles an hour, sometimes 200 miles an hour. You know that if there is a wreck, it's going to be scary to watch. Mm-hmm. But there's that little bit of adrenaline inside all of us that says, okay, um, I understand what could happen, but I'm also intrigued. I hope it doesn't happen, but I also, you know, I know it's possible. And that's, that's part of our sport, too. I've seen some of my best friends break their neck right in front of me and it's crazy that that's that's just part of the sport that is crazy no question about it and it's got to be hard to to sit there and not want to jump out into the arena yourself when you see someone's in trouble yeah absolutely and uh but fortunate enough for all of us is we have the greatest bullfighters in the world there's a team of three guys out there that their entire job their entire duty is to protect these athletes and, and they are incredible at what they do but i also can't say that i haven't back in my younger days you know working way smaller events i I can't say that i didn't jump a fence trying to help somebody so well i think there's just that initial reaction everybody wants to help absolutely absolutely the older i get the quicker i want to run away from from the scene so yeah i think uh, they call that wisdom when it comes to a 1700 pound bull that's right that comes with age well i'll tell you what let's take our first commercial break when we come back i want to get into kind of some of the specifics about the pbr especially for the people listening who have who have never gone to one you bet say you were to ride off into the sunset ideally what kind of boots and clothes would you be wearing for horseback riders of all styles nothing beats the look and performance of ariat available at dnb supply Everyone from famous rodeo cowboys to country music legends to equestrian Olympians turn to Ariat with confidence. You can count on them, too. Think of Ariat as your ultimate riding companion for the life and times in the West. When you need to better outfit your ride with Ariat, stop on by your favorite D&B supply. Your puppy needs the very best to grow up big and strong. That's why D&B stocks science diet puppy food for standard and large breed pups. Science Diet's got all the nutrition essential to keeping their little tails wagging and their teeth sharp while supporting their immune systems and controlling growth. And with the highest purity and quality standards, Science Diet gives you nothing but the good stuff. Choose Science Diet Puppy Blend for maximum puppy licks. Available at your favorite D&B supply. 
All right, Matt. Well, now that we're back, I want to ask you about some of the specifics and some of the nuances of the PBR that that not everybody might understand. So let's start with just some of the specifics. Is there a set amount of bull riders every season, and you either make the cut or you so don't, or does it vary? Essentially, it starts with there's over a thousand bull riders that are actually card carrying members of the PBR. With that, it's broken down into three different tours. We have the Touring Pro Division, which is basically open to anyone and everyone that has a card or a permit. There's a Velocity Tour that is uh, essentially it's an invite based on the 36th ranked bull rider and down. There are qualifying levels to get into that, but the tour that I'm on every week is what we call the Built for Tough Series, and it is the top 35 guys in the world. So, And that adjusts, obviously, as time goes on. You can earn points at every level, but those top 35 guys every week are going to be on that Built for Tough Series. The Bulls are very similar as far as their level of competition. This Built for Tough Series, where the top 35 guys are, is where you're going to see the best Bulls. Down as you get into the touring pro division, that's where a lot of guys are going to start bringing young bulls or start getting bulls kind of acclimated to all the other things that happen inside the arena, the pyrotechnics, the lights, just the crowds and, and all of that. So, yeah, the, it, the 35 guys, though, that's major league level. So, Yeah, and, and I'll tell you one of the things that stands out to me is when you go to a PBR event, how many guys ride. and take this in the spirit in which it's intended uh i'm in awe of anyone at any level that competes in rodeo but you go to a lot of rodeos and maybe one or two guys will stay on the bull for eight seconds you go to the pbr and a lot of those guys do yeah absolutely and that's why you know we'll pay over 10 million dollars this year the pbr will pay a total of 10 million dollars now that we cover not just the united states but canada mexico brazil Australia, and we've even had a bull rider come up from New Zealand, which to me means that we have a true world champion bull rider. And when you're riding for that kind of money, obviously that is going to entice the guys with, I don't want to say the most talent, but let's be honest, like the best in the world go where the best money is. Mm -hmm. And that's in anything that's in, in rodeo, whether it's team roping, whether it's bull riding, whether it's uh, NASCAR racing, the best in the world want to go where the best money is. And, you know, like I said, we paid over $10 million in 2017, or we'll pay over $10 million in 2017. The world champion gets a million-dollar bonus. There are some incredible things like that. The money that is is good, when we look at it from an ag background, those of us that grew up, you know, struggling to get by, you had to make sure that you made enough money to feed the livestock, but you weren't going out and buying a brand new car all the time. Mm-hmm. So to think that our world champion makes a million dollars, that's incredible. But when you compare it to other sports where guys are signing multi-million dollar guaranteed contracts to throw a football or to run up and down a basketball court, and I'm not <laughs> not discounting their athleticism at all because I'm a huge sports fan, but uh it really kind of puts it back into perspective that, you know what, these guys, they do it because they love it. 
No, absolutely. And, you know, I don't know how else you would draw. And it's not, I guess what I'm trying to say is that I don't think it's just about the money. I mean, I, no one's going to scoff at the money. No. They're going to take it. But I don't think it's just about the money. The money, the ability to win the biggest prize out there is the way for somebody with that competitive spirit and that drive to be able to prove to themselves and maybe a few other people that I am the best. And so that's where they're going to go. That's the only way to prove that. And we pride ourselves on having the best animal athletes too, because, you know, everybody, there are so many misconceptions out there in the world, but the bottom line is the number one priority for this sport is the welfare of these animal athletes because their welfare is dependent on us as humans. So uh, when I say these are the 35 best bull riders in the world, I'm not saying that off of statistics or off of how much money they've won. I'm saying that because they compete at this level and at this level, they're guaranteed to compete against the best bulls. Mm-hmm. You know, a guy can go out and win every event he goes to, but unless he's getting on the best bulls every weekend, I don't consider him the best guy in the world. And to me, that's that's anywhere. If a guy is, if he's hit 50 home runs this season, but the pitchers that he's hitting them against are kind of eh, so-so, mm-hmm. it's not as impressive as if he's going up there and I'm going to show my age, but if he's hitting home runs off Nolan Ryan every week, okay, then I'm impressed. Or Roger <laughs> Clemens or, or somebody at that level, then I'm impressed. But you've got to go against the best, and that's what these guys do. That's To go back to your point from earlier, they ride a lot of bulls, but they get on the best bulls in the world, and to me, that's why it's so impressive. You're right, and a couple thoughts right there. One, Nolan Ryan's ageless, so you're not showing your age. I mean, he's he's a legend. True. And two, I know True. you're I know you're from Oklahoma, but here you're calling out pitchers from Texas. What's up with that, man? Because Oklahoma doesn't have a major league baseball team, <laughs> and I'll be completely transparent. I'm a St. Louis Cardinals fan. Oh my goodness! But when I saw when I saw Nolan Ryan go straight up country boy. I guess Robin Venture and the White Sox. <laughs> when Robin Venture thought it was a good idea to charge the mound, and old Texas came out of Nolan Ryan, he put him in a headlock and pounded him in the nose a couple of times. You start to realize, okay, you don't you don't mess with a guy <laughs> that grew up that way. So that is true. Anytime you got to be a fan. Anytime you're uh, you're fired up and you're looking for an outlet, just go straight to YouTube and look up Nolan Ryan and Robin Ventura. That'll take care of that for you. That's the day that <laughs> Nolan Ryan became a human to me. I thought, man, this is a guy I could be out hauling hay with. It's one of those things that never, never leaves your brain. Well, somehow we've strayed into baseball, but uh, that's because we're <laughs> we're both fans. But I'll tell you what, let's take another break. I want to talk to you about these animal athletes when we come back. All right? You bet. D and B knows that life in the West is defined by hard work, innovation, and constant improvement. These values made the West what it is today, and these are the values that have made Wrangler the defining Western brand since 1947. Wrangler apparel is designed to feel good in the saddle, look sharp at the rodeo, and work hard on the ranch. That's why Wrangler fits with classic Western heritage like a boot in a stirrup. For clothing that's a good value and steeped in Western values, stock up on Wrangler at your favorite D&B Supply. 
Know what looks good with a cowboy hat? Panhandle Western Apparel and Rock and Roll Denim, available at D&B Supply. Over 70 years ago, Panhandle started putting snaps on their popular gambler-style shirt and soon became a runaway hit with cowboys and cowgirls everywhere. In the 21st century, they formed Rock and Roll Denim, too, with fashion-forward looks and high-class jeans that fit any style. With designs both classic and fresh, get decked out for life in the West with Panhandle shirts and Rock and Roll Denim at D&B. All right, Matt. Well, you refer to the Bulls as animal athletes, and I really like that terminology. And this is something I've discussed, maybe not on this show before, but on my other show, on my podcast. And that is, you know, a farmer or a rancher, there's there's always this kind of uh, paradox, if you will, when it comes to raising livestock. And that is, you have this the utmost respect for this livestock you love and care for your animals. You want to take care of them as well as you can. But if you're producing meat, ultimately, you know, they're going to go to slaughter at some point. And in your line of work in the PBR and in the rodeo, you really admire and love these animals and really respect them as athletes. But there are people out there that think that we're not treating them well. Tell us about how the that kind of paradox works in your sport. You know, it's all based on education, and to me, it's a great opportunity to educate people. We have those kind of people show up at our events, and I always invite them to actually tell me, first of all, what they think, and then second of all, just listen, have a conversation with somebody, and, and actually find out that these animals are the way that a lot of these guys provide food for their families. So why on earth would anyone want to harm the way that they're providing for their family. It makes zero sense at all to any decent human being. And you brought up a good point that they're not like beef cattle. They're not just getting feed and hay and water to get fat. The guys have put it down to a science where they are putting together custom rations, custom feeds. They're adding supplements that help their muscle development, that help with their, you know, their overall muscularity their health, wellness, everything is so important. And they are treated like a professional athlete in the sense that it's not just about their diet. It's not just about how many times they eat a day, but it's also about getting a good exercise. They get kind of moved around a little bit. A lot of guys will feed on top of a little hill so that those animals will climb up that hill and really develop those muscles. Mm -hmm. That in turn minimizes the amount of injuries that you have on a day-to-day basis. Think about this. Think about... How many ranchers will go out and they'll see a cow that unfortunately has gotten in a fight with another cow or a bull or something or rubbed into a fence and all of a sudden now you see a little bit of a limp to that that animal. Well, these bulls are so well developed and you know, so athletic that their tendency for those small injuries are are very, very minuscule. So and and I'll be really honest, there's some of these bulls that you'll see little boys and girls on their backs before the show mm-hmm. because they're a pet. And I know that's hard to fathom right now. If you're sitting there thinking, well, this bull bucks for a living, he's, you know, jumps up and down, kicks, spins, does all that stuff. There's no way a little kid can crawl on top of that bull. I, there's pictures floating around of uh, a friend of mine who has his, his 10-year-old daughter went back and got on this bull that was one of our championship round bulls, which means one of the 15 best. And this girl's on the back of the bull before the show, just loving on him. And the world champion fucking bull will go out of his way if he sees you standing there so that you will come up to the pen and start scratching him on the back. They're animals. They have personalities just like we do. Mm -hmm. But they're athletes. 
They're athletes just like any other athlete in the world. Horse racing, for instance. You know, I feel like everything was put on this earth for a purpose, and I feel like these bulls have uh, been put here for a purpose. Absolutely, and the stock providers and the people who are raising these animals, when they finally get to see them perform and they get to see them perform as these incredible animal athletes, I mean, that's got to be a real point of pride for them. It's the first thing these guys do when they wake up in the morning, these guys that own these bulls. As soon as their eyes open up, they're out there to check on these animals, to make sure they're okay, to feed them, to water them, to make sure that they're, they're set for the day. It's the last thing they do before they go to bed. You know, when they're getting ready, dinner with the family, well, I'm going to go out and check the bulls. I, I've been at the dinner table when we finished eating, and a guy that owned the bulls had to go out just one more time to check on everything and make sure everything was okay or make sure they had enough water, make sure they had enough hay. People don't understand the relationships that these guys start to build, no different than you do with your dog or your cat. When you're around an animal or a human, for that matter, when you're around something that much in that close of proximity that often, it's impossible not to get attached. And, you know, nobody's trying to harm their dogs or their cats. They're trying to love them as much as they can. Believe it or not, these bull owners are doing the same thing. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think part of the disconnect and, and what's so special about the PBR and rodeo in general is that it's got its roots in agriculture and it, it came from agriculture. Mm-hmm. But, you know, what we know today is that roughly 2% of the entire United States population is involved in production agriculture. And of that 2% of people, a lot of those people are not involved with livestock. So we've got even fewer people who are working with livestock and understanding that connection that you're talking about. So you're right. That education piece is huge. Right. And that's just it. You know, everybody grew up different. Some people grew up. It's no different than if I grew up and my parents were telling me that the sky was red. Well, it's hard for me to believe somebody that tells me that sky is blue. Sure. To me, that color has been red my whole life. You know what I mean? And and that's just the long and short of it is people are just educated different or, or they're not educated at all. And so that's that's where that comes from. Absolutely. All right. Well, let's take another break. And when we come back, I got to know about how the PBR works just a little bit more specific. All right. Sounds good. Travel back in time for an immersive and inspiring lesson in science, technology, engineering and history at the Warhawk Air Museum in Nampa, Idaho. At the Warhawk, you and your family will find some of the most iconic classic planes found anywhere in the West and learn how American aviation technology evolved from propellers to jet engines. And while you're there, you'll come to know the personal stories of the veterans whose commitment and sacrifice helped make our nation what it is today. For passes and more information about visiting the Warhawk Museum, go to warhawkairmuseum.org. A well-worn pair of Danner boots has become a hallmark for hard-working and hard-playing people in the West and everywhere else for that matter. Find your next pair of long-lasting, great-looking, made-in-the-USA Danner boots at D&B Supply. Hold a Danner boot in your hand, and you'll notice the handcrafted precision. Try it on, and you'll feel the difference. Test it against the elements, and you'll appreciate the value of a product that's built to last. From classic hiking boots to handcrafted work boots to fashion-forward looks to fit your daily life, stop on by D&B Supply to try Danner boots on for size. All right, Matt. Well, I wanted to ask you, so what is the season for these animal athletes as well as our rodeo cowboys? When does a new season start for the PBR and when does it wrap up? So we'll start the season the first weekend in January. And basically on this, what we call the Belfort Tough Series, again, the Major League Tour, it is 26 to 28 cities throughout the year. And we'll go just about every weekend from January to mid-May. 
And then we, the television tour takes somewhat of a break, a little hiatus until mid August and then comes back and goes from mid August to the first weekend in November. Now that is for television. The majority of these guys will go to a bull riding just about every weekend. There is no off season for most of these guys. There's a bull riding event. There's a PBR somewhere just about every single weekend of the year. The bulls, they've got it a little easier because most bulls will buck maybe once or twice in a month. There's so many great bulls out there. Mm -hmm. And because obviously a bull can't just go walk through TSA and get on a plane and go to the next (laughs) event. You know, there's some geographical hindrances there that, that will, uh, you know, keep us to use bulls close to the location we're in. We're in Colorado last weekend. So there's a lot of bulls from close to Colorado, some guys that bring in bulls from North Dakota, Texas, maybe when we go to New York, obviously there's not a lot of bulls in and around New York. So they'll start to come from the East coast and we'll start to bring them up from the East and, and maybe over from North Dakota. But when we go to Texas, we're in bull country. There's mm-hmm. so many great bulls there that, uh, you know, those bulls in North Dakota and, and the East Coast and the West Coast, they can all take a break. The bulls typically perform about once or twice a month, but the guys, the guys are on the road constantly, all the time. Now, how does this work in terms of the PRCA with the PBR? Do these cowboys, do they go back and forth in different events, or are they dedicated, say, solely to the PBR or solely to the PRCA? Very rarely do we see guys bounce back and forth. Um, we've got a guy, Shane Proctor, who has been rodeoing quite a bit this summer. Derek Kolbaba, another one of our stars that rodeoed a little bit this summer. But most of them, when they commit to the PBR, because there is so much money on the line, and it's such a grueling season that they will just commit to the PBR. Cody Teal, a PRCA world champion, he finally got a little taste of, of the PBR, and the other thing is, there's guys like Sage Kinsey wants to go. He wants to go rodeo. He loves that rodeo lifestyle. But as guys get older, being able to get on a plane on a Friday morning, ride on Friday and Saturday night, and then fly home Sunday, that's a lot better than driving 500 miles on Wednesday to get to a place on Thursday, so that you can maybe pick up a check and then get in a car and drive another 300 miles to be somewhere else on Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a lot better for travel. And so that's why there's, there's not very many guys that do both. Matter of fact, I can think of maybe, maybe two or three this, this season that tried it. And then how do, how do you crown your champion in the PBR? What's that culminating event where that takes place? So those three tours that I talked about earlier, the touring pro division, the velocity tour and the Billboard tough series, each one of those tours is structured to where a guy earns points. Points is what gets a guy a world title. So all season long, the guy that earns the most points will ultimately be the world champion. Now, that'll be happening in Las Vegas, November 1st through the 5th. We're at T-Mobile Arena, which is a beautiful venue right on the strip of Las Vegas. Mm -hmm. In the mecca of sports, you know, Las Vegas is big fight capital of the world now. So we have our biggest event of the year, and it's five days. The guys will get on six bulls, and at the end of it, one guy walks out of there with a million dollars. So it's a ton of fun because that arena is packed. And I know there are flights that go from Boise and Nampa to Las Vegas oh, every yeah. day. <laughs> so 
it's worth the flight to come watch the spectacle that is our world finals. Yeah, those flights to Las Vegas are generally uh, pretty fun and rambunctious on the way down there and then pretty quiet and sleepy on the way back. I don't know what happens to people, but it just yeah, seems to be crazy. that way. <laughs> Maybe it's the elevation. I don't know. Yeah, that's got to be what it is. I'm sure that's what it is. <laughs> All right, well, let's take our final yeah, there's something. <laughs> let's take our final break, and then when we come back, I want to know a little bit more about you and how you got all involved in this, okay? Trekking to the mountains this fall and winter, or got work to do in the cooler temps? D&B's got you covered with cool outdoor apparel. Cool's cold weather gear was designed for life in the mountains, so it delivers peak performance and maximum movement without packing on the pounds. And Cool's soft and breathable fabrics wick away moisture, control odor, and protect you from the harsh elements. Cool apparel, born in the mountains. Available at your favorite D&B supply. As the weather turns foul, it's time to tend to your flock. And that means taking care of your chickens' nutritional needs with NatureWise Feather Fixer. NatureWise Feather Fixer feeds your fowl the protein and energy they need to molt quicker and regrow feathers faster. It's also packed with trace minerals for stronger shells, pre- and probiotics that support digestion, and nutrients your chickens will miss when your grass isn't so green. NatureWise Feather Fixer Pelleted Poultry Feed. Available at your favorite D&B Supply. All right, Matt. Well, now that we're back, I, I wanted to ask about you. So how did you get involved in, in rodeo and, and doing all this different announcing from Kentucky to Idaho and from, you know, from the PBR to PRCA to Road to the Horse and all these different events? How did that happen for you? Uh, I got forced. That's, <laughs> that's the long and the short of it. Now, I actually grew up, I was really shy growing up as a kid. And even as an adult, I still have a tendency to get shy sometimes. But I grew up around rodeo my entire life like i said earlier we always had horses running around so it it wasn't strange to me at all what was strange to me was talking in front of people and and a friend of mine's dad rode bulls forever he started putting on junior bull ridings and he basically forced me to announce one time because he didn't have an announcer show up so he said get up there do it um i kind of liked it didn't really fall in love with it right away but the lady that was secretary and said, hey, we're doing another one in, in a couple of weeks. Are you doing it? And I said, no, ma'am, I'll never do this again. I don't like talking in front of people. And she said, well, I'll pay you $100 cash if you change your mind. And I said, what time do I need to be here? <laughs> and uh, that's how it started. That is how it all started. It kind of snowballed into something that now, man, I can't, I can't see life being any different. I really do. Like, I'm the luckiest guy in the world, so. Well, that's great. It's a great story. And, you know, public speaking is the number one or number two fear of all people in the United States. And you're telling me all you need to get over it's just a hundred bucks? Well, in, in the beginning, when you're a college <laughs> kid that uh, is living on ramen noodles, a hundred bucks goes a long way. These days, it doesn't seem to cover as much ground. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, so for our folks who have not been to a PBR event before, what can they expect to see? And how's it going to just blow them away? First of all, you're going to see cowboys. You're going to see cowboys in every sense of the word. When I say cowboys, I mean guys that are willing to put out every ounce of energy they possibly can to accomplish a goal. And to me, that is something that we don't see enough of in in the entire world these days. So watching, you know, these guys try their hearts out to ride these bulls for the simple fact that they want to make this an accomplishment. 
Plus, you know, it all boils down to it. These are the 35 greatest. We put together a little WWE, some UFC elements, you know, with the pyrotechnics, the videos, the music. It's not a rodeo. You're not going to hear a ton of country music playing all night long. So if you're not into Western sports, give it a chance. If you're into motocross, monster trucks, that kind of stuff, give this a chance because I promise you, as a matter of fact, last week I was with a bunch of UFC fighters who came to their first event and they said they would never miss an opportunity <laughs> to see it again. They were hooked. And, uh, you know, that that's it. It just takes one time. Just TV doesn't do it justice. you got to see it in person. And once you do, you'll understand why. Now, that's really interesting about those UFC fighters that you took to the event. How many of them, when it was over, said, okay, I want to get on one of those bulls? None of them. None, <laughs> absolutely none of them, man. I've tried to entice a few. Every once in a while, we'll, we'll stumble across a guy that, that either has tried it when he was younger or really just wants that crazy adrenaline experience, but they're few and far between. Very cool. Well, I've got one last question for you, and it's it's something that just dawned on me, and I've always been curious. And I'm going to take I'm going to take advantage of me being the host of this show to to ask my own question right here. But it seems like <laughs> when, it seems like when I've gone to PBR events before and rodeo as well, it seems like. And you mentioned rodeo cowboys and and PBR cowboys from Brazil earlier. It seems like there's always quite a mm-hmm. few from South America and Brazil. I, am I just imagining that, or is that really true? No, there is a ton of talent that is here in the United States from Brazil. And matter of fact, they're trying to teach me a little Portuguese <laughs> because there's so many of them that have made their way up here. And it's incredible what these guys do because they leave their countries. They leave their families. They leave literally everything they've ever known in their entire life to come over here and chase a dream to become a champion bull rider. With that, they, they don't know the language. They don't know, you know, they don't know anything other than they know how to ride bulls. So when they get here, they run in packs. You'll see all the Brazilians together, working out together, eating together. You know, everything is, is together as a family. And it pays off because they're riding out of necessity. And that's mm-hmm. why these guys, they eat, sleep, breathe, and live the sport. And I think it's awesome to watch how successful they can be. Absolutely. And why Brazil? What is it about Brazil that uh, is engendering so many people to compete this way? I have no idea. I, I really don't. I, I don't. I know bull riding is, is a big, big spectacle in Brazil. And I know that it's continuing to grow in its popularity there. So whether it's just the simple fact that they are getting on these big wild bulls to kind of get them acclimated a little better for coming to the United States. And I think it's honestly talking to a lot of the guys. I think that a lot of them grow up having a little less than they have now. And so, you know, when you grow up and you don't have a whole lot, but you have a work ethic, you're willing to work and put in that extra effort. And I think that's what happens with a lot of these guys from Brazil. I think they grow up hungry and that hunger carries over into the sport and they want to be successful and they work hard. They put in the effort and they get rewarded for it. Well, that's great. That's a wonderful story and always entertaining to see uh, the folks that have come to the United States for opportunity because we still offer that and it's great to see it in the PBR. 
Yeah, it truly is. Well, Matt, thank you so much. I could go on and on and keep you on this interview for hours with all the questions I've got. But the show's got to stop sometime. So thank you so much for coming on and sharing this. Absolutely. Thank you all for joining us today. And here is to you and your pursuit of the country lifestyle, however you define it. For the DNB Show, I'm Matt Breckwald. <laughs>